In 2010, I co-founded a company called Startup Grind with one goal, inspiring, educating, and connecting every entrepreneur on the planet. Today, Startup Grind is now in 125 countries and has millions of members. Along the way, I found the most powerful marketing tool of all time, customer-to-customer marketing. C2C marketing empowers your greatest ambassadors, your customers, to evangelize your brand and grow your community. This is a podcast we wish we'd had when we started building our community a decade ago. Each episode, we talk to the brightest minds and companies on the planet to learn how they build their community and empower their customers. I'm your host, Derek Anderson, and this is the C2C Podcast. Hey, everyone. I'm John Fry, the producer for the C2C Podcast. I'll be stepping in for Derek today. I'm thrilled to have our next guest, Hugo Macedo, who is the VP of Community at Unbabel. On today's episode, we talked about how he implemented a community NPS score, improving product and marketing with community, and how he proves the business case for community through reduced acquisition costs and churn. Take a listen. Hugo, can you describe what Unbabel is and what you do in your role there? Unbabel is an AI company that enables global enterprise around the world to communicate with their customers in their native language in a more efficient and scalable way. Just give a more concrete example. We're currently focused on customer support use case, where we transform how the customers support agents communicate with their customers. So we transform the agents into polyglots, right? This means that they can support the users in 29 languages without speaking that language. And we do this with a combination of AI and the crowd of humans around the world. And using both, we can achieve the speed and efficiency of AI with the human touch that um, automatic translation cannot provide. I'm currently VP of community. And this community is about exactly that crowd of humans that I was talking about. So I'm responsible for the human side of of our uh, service and for developing and managing that crowd of humans around the world and everything that related to that from product, operations, marketing, all of that. So it's uh, thousands of people around the world, what we call bilinguals. They don't have to be professional translators. Uh, they are people that um, know two languages and, and can uh, write in their native language. And together with the support of our AI, they can actually give that human touch to the communication. Love it. So let's talk about those humans. People start you know, community programs at, at different times. Some people start right at the beginning. Some people start, uh, you know, a little bit later on. Obviously, you had that human component from the beginning as it's part of the product. So I'm curious, did Unbabble start at the very beginning doing these, you know, very intentional community programs or did it spring up later once you, you know, started uh, growing in numbers? I think from the beginning, we, we always thought and about the idea of community. Actually, we always mentioned that has, instead of a crowd, which is kind of nameless, kind of uh, way to look at it, uh, we always call it community. Yeah. Although, of course, the, 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 what we were doing in the, back in the beginning was very simple, and now we're, of course, becoming more sophisticated in how we look at that, right? Uh, but we always thought about the, a very important part of, of Babel. If you think how I describe it, there's two uh, major things about uh, our way of doing uh, translation, which is the AI and the humans. So it's like one of the most important parts of Unbabel is this human side. So that's why we wanted to always plan, always dreamt about a a different approach than looking at just a a crowd of nameless people that are on demand doing a job, right? And I think part of that is 
in a way, a startup is you're always trying to build something new. So in something you still don't really know how to do it, uh, because <laughs> if that was the case, someone had done it before. So you're always in discovering mode, right? Discovering your best way to do things. Right. So we had, a, of course, an hypothesis that the combination of AI and humans would, would get great results. But what we had to discover is the best way to do it. How to ensure quality, how to ensure uh, that we had people available on, online, et cetera, et cetera, right? And that discovery, um, we can do it alone, like in our office, right? But the translators in this case are the ones that actually they are the users of the platform because they work on the platform. So they are every day using the product. They are handling our customer content. So they're very in a very critical stage of uh, what you do. So we always thought about that the, the, the closer we are to, to them, the better for, for both parties, right? Is kind of removing some of those well, kind of artificial barriers that we do. Oh, there are people in the company and outside the company, right? There are employees and there are suppliers or customers. I think that the future is actually about removing those barriers. I mean, the customer or a supplier can actually be part of the product development of the marketing, of the messaging, of all of that. So I think it's blurring those boundaries that uh, traditionally exist between the company and the different stakeholders, right? We, in a sense, if you think about what we want is that every stakeholder together with us, like the company, the, the employees, are together to conquer a mission, right? To, to fulfill the mission, right? So if we are all focused on, on the mission, in, in our case, is to build universal understanding through, through removing the language barriers, then we can work together. So talk to me about, you know, the first things that you started to do to, you know, really formalize and build up the community program. What were those first kind of initiatives that you launched with, within the community? I remember in the beginning, one thing that, that we, we, we started right from the beginning was to have a forum where different translators could support themselves, right? So also use the, the self-help and, and um, peer-to-peer help within the community. We also experimented with different things. We experimented with, they would help us evaluate the quality of the translation, for example, right? That didn't quite work. <laughs> and that's interesting, right? Because in the end, you're always working with humans and they have like different behaviors. Right. So just to give you an example, because some, some of them thought that, oh, if actually I'm, I'm rating other people's translations, but they are also competing for the work, right? Because, right. I don't know, English to German, right? There's, you have some amount of, of work and some amount of people that can do the work. So there was a segment of the killers, what I call the killers, where they were giving bad rates to everyone without a reason, just because they wanted to remove competition. Right. And there was the people that were the pleasers. Right. That, oh, actually, these are my fellow uh, translator. I'm not going to going to hurt him. And, and um, so he could be dispromoted and, and things like that. So we had to evolve that. So that was the first experiment in terms of involving them in different parts of the, of the business. And so, you know, with them being the translators, you know, they're tied inherently to the product. So I'm curious, you know, how do you, you know, measure and kind of 
quantify the impact of, hey, as I, you know, build and foster the community, it also improves the product. What does that look like internally? It, it looks like we involve them in a lot of the experiments, product experiments we do. So we select a, a group of them, um, they experiment a feature, or we interview them to understand what barriers they're facing, or what they think about a different kind of UX alternative, right? So they're involved in the product development in terms of getting their feedback, putting them to experiment features and, and so on. So that's, that's an important part, right? We also survey them in terms of understanding who they are, what they do. They're also part of our content. We're also involving them in producing some of the content. So even sharing stories, right? Because that actually that's a very exciting part of, uh, of our communities that it's really a global community. You have people from Indonesia, Mexico, Russia, everywhere. So when you get into those personal stories, where they are, where they live, how did this Zimbabwe fit in their lives? It's also very engaging, not just for us that feel excited about that, but for everyone. So, you know, the community touches product, it touches marketing, it sounds like. What are some other areas that either, you know, the community is driving a lot of positive impact on now, or maybe, you know, an area like, you know, a customer acquisition, that kind of thing that you're, that you're hoping to impact with the community in the future? I mean, acquisition of, of new translators is, is something that we also want to do. We've done some experiments before, like the typical member get member kind of thing. But also we're looking at, so everything happens a lot online and I know this is different times and everything is online, but we also look for, right. uh, can we build local communities that actually meet each other, have meetups and stuff like that. Um, so I think that's, that you get more human touch, dangerous words right now, but within those local communities, right? Uh, so that's also, we're looking forward to, to do that. But uh, we're just planning for, for this year uh, also doing our first online event with different content uh, and, and different participation from around the community. So that's also a, a, an experience we're looking for. And these are some, some of the ideas. Yeah, so it's customer acquisition, but it's also a lot about engagement. So yeah. how do you feel engaged within the community, within what we're doing? They also are curious about other parts of Mbabble, what we're doing. I don't know if technology, the customers, the different parts of, of uh, Mbabble, which is not normal. Absolutely. Yeah, we uh, uh, getting people in person is the whole CUC model. So we definitely agree with you there. And obviously it's been interesting times <laughs> with COVID and everything, but definitely a great direction. Now, you know, there's all kinds of, of different metrics and ways to, you know, gauge the health of a community, right? What are some, you know, metrics and, and measurements that you look at to basically say, okay, the community is like healthy and improving or, you know, potentially not? <laughs> I mean, it has an overall metric. We like to look at the NPS, so Net Promoter Score. So if they recommend, uh, potentially recommend the community to a friend or a colleague, uh, so th that's very used, in, especially in the customer side, but also look into that. And then we look at some more metrics in terms of participation, right? How much people are participating in the forums, how much the sur survey uh, rate of response uh, and things like that. Uh, although we're looking now of uh, how can we can get them an engagement measure for the community. I think we're looking at... I sometimes do the parallel with, with employee engagement, right? Mm. So how do we measure employee engagement and if we can use part of that uh, to, to community? 
Um, so I, I do a lot of comparison to that. Yeah, and I think, you know, NPS is definitely one of the best metrics, right, that you can tie back with community. And did you say that you were also measuring like the NPS, because I'm sure you have the NPS of the product, but do you have like an NPS for the community as well, like for the, the translators? Yeah, for the community, yes. Interesting. Okay. Wow, fantastic. I love that. And, you know, I would love, you know, for you to break down from like the stakeholders point of view, obviously, you know, again, community is inherently tied to the product, but how do you prove the value of community, you know, to the business? I mean, of course, that, that's very important, right? So you, you can fell in love with, with this idea of community, but I mean, you need to make sure you prove the value, right? So from one hand, I look at, uh, like I was saying, Look at the employee engagement, right? A lot of companies, or most companies, are they understand that they need to have their employees engaged, that they measure that, they, they try to foster that. Because they know if an employee is engaged, you have less churn, like less uh, turnover, they are more excited, they participate more, the quality of the work is, is better, the, the collaboration is better within the companies. There's several effects of that. So I look at the same. So if you have community engagement, what, what can you get, right? And I look at uh, reduced cost of acquisition of new translators because, mm. again, if the NPS is high, people recommend there are more visibility outside of, of what we do and, and the benefits of that. There's less churn because people feel more engaged, they, they feel motivated to work, they feel listened, and they feel they have a space to participate, meet other people, and so on. So if you have engagement then these community engagements and, and building communities about building engagements within them, uh, you should see uh, less cost of acquisition, less churn, and a more engagement with the product or more quality of work and more participation. Excellent. I love that. And, you know, as someone who is a VP, you know, a higher level, how would you suggest that, you know, a lot of companies have very uh, self-centered marketing messages, right? Like, oh, oh, look at us. But you know, someone like you guys, you're empowering the community to become your advocates, right? How would you suggest people at, you know, a VP level could go about helping their company make the change away from self-centered marketing more towards empowering your, your community and advocates to actually, you know, market for you? I think we all know that marketing has a bad reputation, right? Um, yes. And <laughs> I you can see, oh, that's just marketing, right? It's just don't believe them. It's just marketing. Yeah. So in my career, I, I, I did my career in marketing, so I, I know pretty well what, what, what I'm talking about. And, and brands have a very hard time to build trust, right? And this hard time is, is translated in you need time to build that and you need a lot of money to do that, right? So the alternative is people trusting people. And, and brands are not people. Brands are this concept. Uh, companies are this, uh, this uh, very fuzzy concept. So people believe in people. So if you, we start with that, then the people we're talking about is the customers, is this community, right? The, either the customer side or the, the, the translator side in, in my case. So how can we empower your community, right, to really voice if they're what they think about the product, what if they recommend the product. So if you remove that, that trust barrier, right, and, and because people trust in people, then it will be much more efficient, right? So, so the challenge is how can we empower our community to really do that, right? So that's the real challenge. 
instead of putting more money uh, into the same messages and same very polished and all of that but it's about trust and trust is very difficult to buy <laughs> you don't yes. you don't buy trust you earn trust right yeah and um and, and i think more and more it's about realizing that it's about the people right people relate to people they, yeah, we can say that people relate to brands, but in a very fuzzy way, right? They don't really trust brands, right? They can love, I don't know, Nike, right? But this means that they trust Nike, right? Is this realization of it's all about trust and it's all about people, right? So it's about empowering them. Fantastic. Well, I, I can't think of a better note to wrap things up on, uh, but we do have one last question. What is a community you love and why do you love it? I thought about, like, I've been following the, a, a new product uh, that's in the market. Um, it's called Rome Research. I don't know if you, if you know. Um, they're kind of a note-taking app, but more like a personal knowledge management app. And what's interesting, actually, the, the community looked like it appeared very organically. And that's what I like it. It's, like, it's not very designed. There's not much dollars behind that or big right. systems or sophistication. Right. And I think part of that is because they, they let the, the product be hacked, right? There's ways to configure, I don't know, the CSS, the JavaScript. I mean, I'm not going to details, but they let the, the, the users hack a bit the system and participate more on, on, on the possibilities of the system, mm. right? And I think that let people around the product and, and, and really build this rum cult, right? They, they created this hashtag in, in Twitter and there's things happening around that. So people, then the product is not very easy to understand at the beginning, but there were already people building content around that to explain how it works, to build online training about that. So it's really becoming very organically and active and kind of people feel that, oh, they, they know the product and they know how to hack the product. So I, I, I really like what they're doing. And I think part of that is really because they opened up from the very beginning the product development with the users, right? right. And let the users experiment and hack a bit the system, right? See what comes out of that, that exploration. So users feel part of that, they get feedback, they, and they start engaging with them between themselves on what the possibilities of the system. Love that. Well, Hugo, thank you so much uh, for joining us and uh, dropping all this knowledge. Really, really appreciate you coming on today. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure. Thank you for the invite. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please leave a review wherever you listen to this. If you'd like to see more about how to create your own event community, go to bevylabs.com slash pod. That's B-E-V-Y-L-A-B-S dot com slash pod.